Hello there, tipsy theologians. Can I just say, you're looking wonderful today. Did you do something new to your hair? I can tell. It looks good. It looks good. Also, quick shout out to Magic Mind, our sponsor for today's episode. But more on that later. You know, I realized something. I realized something recently. People are, people are stupid. How are we feeling about that intro? How are we feeling about that? You know, I gotta say something crazy to get you guys to listen just for a few minutes longer. If I can keep you just a few minutes longer for like an hour, then we're good. (laughs) Then I've done my job. Also, I do want to say thank you guys so much for the wonderful emails that you've sent me. It's been a pleasure to read them, and it makes me feel good. (laughs) And I hope you feel good for having sent them. You should. You should feel good about that. It's a good thing to do. (laughs) If you would like to also jump on that bandwagon and uh, send me something, something. It doesn't have to be nice. It could be mean, too. Like, it'll just make me cry a little bit. (laughs) You can do that at tipsytheologypodcast at gmail.com. Guys, I read every single one of them. It helps when there aren't a lot. (laughs) No, I love hearing from you guys, and uh, keep that coming. You know, uh, anyway, with all of that said, I love where we've been able to go so far on this podcast and what we get to explore in the pursuit of truth. However, recently, I've heard a lot of people calling themselves, quote-unquote, truth seekers. Now, first off, that's my thing. <laughs> I joke. I kid. Um, you know, I want to hear us all. I want that to become a more popular thing. I want us all to be saying that about ourselves. With that, though, we need to be aware of what we're actually saying when we, when we call ourselves that. You know, we can't say that we're a seeker of truth, that we're truth seekers, and disregard an honest pursuit. You know, my goal with these episodes and what we've been doing so far is I want to pursue these things honestly and work you know if if, that's the thing like I say this all the time you know truth is truth is truth we're looking for consistency and because if something is true then it'll be consistent I believe in absolute truth I believe that um there's something that is unchanging and um that something is the lord (laughs) spoiler alert (laughs) But I, with that, I, with that belief, there we will see consistency in everything uh, if it is true. And so, when we pursue that, we need to make sure that we're being consistent as we're doing that. You know, it's it's not about trying to prove what we think is right. It's looking honestly at the information and letting truth tell us what is right. I think to do this well, logical and critical thinking is vital. You know, we, we all want to be logical and critical thinkers. And so I, I want to be able to share kind of how, how my approach to this is and kind of my background and where I go and how we can all do this together. And it's a, it's a little bit of a hornet's nest. Hornet's, oh my goodness, hornet's nest. <laughs> I don't even know how to drink yet. <laughs> it's a hornet's nest. 
<laughs> and uh, yeah, so before we jump too far onto that hornet's nest, <laughs> I'm going to need a drink. Are you ready for this? Today, <laughs> we're drinking Bordeaux. Ooh, I know, so fancy. <laughs> you know, since today we're going to be talking about um, logic, I thought, you know, Aristotle is kind of like the guy on that in that scene. You know, he's kind of like the logic guy. <laughs> and I wanted to take something that personified him in an alcohol form. So much like his approach to philosophy... Bordeaux, 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 Bordeaux wines <laughs> are known for their timeless elegance, depth, and thoughtful composition. And that's the internet talking, not me. <laughs> yeah, I'm loving this AI stuff. It's kind of nice. It makes my job a little easier sometimes. Because what I did was I said, hey, um, ChatGPT is the one I've been using. I said, if Aristotle was an alcohol, would he be? And this is what they came up with. And uh, it's kind of it's kind of cool. It's kind of uh, a little bit classy. So they wrote, timelessness. <laughs> Aristotle's philosophical ideas have stood the test of time, just as Bordeaux wines, I hope I'm saying that right, have a long history of being cherished for generations. Both are revered for their enduring qualities. Complexity. Bordeaux wines often display intricate flavor profiles, combining various notes like fruits, herbs, or herbs, depending on your persuasion, and spices. <laughs> Similarly, Aristotle's philosophical works delve into complex ideas across multiple fields, from ethics to metaphysics. It's a big word for me. Balance. Aristotle emphasizes the importance of finding balance and harmony in life. Bordeaux wines are admired for their balanced structure, where tannins, acidity, and fruitiness come together. <laughs> this resonates with Aristotle's concept of the golden mean. That's cool. Refinement. Man, this is gone. Like a well-aged Bordeaux, Aristotle's philosophy is characterized by its refinement and thoughtfulness. His ideas were meticulously constructed, inviting deep contemplation and analysis. Influence. Aristotle's teachings have had a profound impact on Western philosophy, much like Bordeaux wines have influenced winemaking traditions globally. That's cool. And so I picked this one. Um... Because the label really kind of spoke to me, as, you know, that's how it often works. This one is L'Orangerie de Carignan. I have no idea how to say it. <laughs> it's orange and it's got a building on the front. That's all I need. <laughs> and it look, the word looks like L'Orange. <laughs> but also, it also looks like a fancy way to say lingerie. I don't know. That's what I see. I'm just telling you what I see. That's all I know. So let's give it a try. Ooh. So I'll be honest. I'm not the biggest wine guy, like as far as I don't drink it all the time. But when I do, I'm more of, I like the, I like dry and I like red. So I usually go for like a, a Cabernet or so. The Cabernet Sauvignon. <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce any of these things. <laughs> But this is really nice. 
I know on like the, I think this one is like very dry and it, it comes through, but it isn't like very strong in like, it's got a nice balance. Like chat GPT said, <laughs> you know, it's not like overbearing in certain ways. It's kind of just like, there's, there's something there for everyone, but you gotta, you gotta decide to look for it. And so, hmm, it's subtle. It's got a nice like subtleness to it when I try it. I would say it's like, it is definitely a little fruity. It's got some fruit to it. I don't know what kind, but there's some fruit in there. <laughs> ah, it tastes like fermented grapes. What, what else can go wrong? <laughs> ah, well, there's my wine talk for you. All right. Let's hop into this. So let's, let's jump on this hornet's nest. <laughs> oh, man. This one makes you mad. You can message me at tipsy theology podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> oh, that's good. So, yeah, today I want to talk about logic and the process of thinking well. Thinking logically is something we all love to claim, um, but I don't think we often think logically. Um, and I say this about all of us, myself included with this. You know, I'm, I'm, I think just like all of us, we're all very emotional in our approach to a lot of things. You know, we think based on our preferences and emotions. Um, and we don't, at the end of the day, I think often we don't make our decisions based on what logic is actually saying, what a consistent reasoned argument has to say. You know, it's like when you're, think about when you're trying to buy something. It's like at the end of the day, like, if you're comparing like two cars, for example, it's like this car might make more sense logically, but you just kind of like this one a little bit more. <laughs> and so we picked the one that we just kind of like a little bit more. And please don't mishear me on this. You know, I'm not saying that our preferences and emotions are wrong or invalid. Um, but when we're analyzing something, I think especially when it comes to like working through this idea of truth and consistency with stuff, in finding out what is true, we need to weigh them against what we see. Um, and often when I do, um, this is speaking for me personally, it actually does help me work through my emotions and to get to a healthier place. So that's kind of fun. <laughs> but I think it's important to recognize who we are as people and how we make decisions and then kind of stepping outside of that and being like, okay, but we need to know like what is what is the truth, um, especially when we look at stuff like what does Scripture say and what is like what does God say about Himself. This whole this whole thing that we're that I've been that we've been doing together, you know, like I like I said at the beginning of this this episode too, truth is truth is truth, and so if we follow a sound and valid argument, it will lead us to truth every single time. Um, also, I'm not a genius. <laughs> As some of you might think. <laughs> As anyone listening for more than five minutes could probably tell you, you know, I'm not a genius. <laughs> you know, if you need an example, I have an example for you. When I was young, um, not young enough for this not to be embarrassing. I think I was like in my teens, not like a teenager, but like I might have been like 10, a tween. That doesn't, if I say I'm in my teens, that means I'm a teenager. 
Ah, there you go. There's another example for you. <laughs> well, anyway, when I was younger, I want to say I was like 10 or something like that. I actually forgot the word for paper towel. Like, I didn't know what they were called. And it wasn't like just for a minute. Like, it was a solid couple of weeks where I just couldn't remember what they were called. <laughs> and I was way too embarrassed to ask. You know, I kept trying to trick people into saying what they were called and it wasn't really working until one day I think my mom was like, hey, can you go downstairs and grab some paper towels? I was like, that's it. <laughs> my journey has ended. <laughs> it was so funny. It's so stupid. It was like, how could I forget what that was called? <laughs> well, anyway, let's talk about my education for a second. <laughs> so, growing up, um, I didn't go to public school. For any of you who don't know that, um, I was homeschooled, and I was provided. I was given what's called a classical education. And so for those of you who don't know what that is, basically, instead of learning Spanish or French, I learned Latin. <laughs> uh, I bring this up because um, inside of a classical education, there's a very specific focus and um, it's broken down into three stages called the trivium. And the stages are grammar, logic, and rhetoric. So grammar, the first stage, um, there is an emphasis on terms, defining the objects and information perceived by the five senses. Uh, it's the basis of, it's, it's, it's really the basis for language because um, li linguistics really is such a very central um part of a classical education and when you're going when you're going through these three stages this first one yeah it, it's it's let's define and figure out let's let's put some language and some definition to what we're what we're seeing in the world um then the next one logic which is where we're going to be really talking about um today and um so this is the mechanics of thought and analysis it's about making distinctions and, you know, the difference or sameness of things. It's taking the definitions and stuff that we have and saying, like, all right, let's figure out this is this, this is this. Let's let's decide, let's discern and analyze how they are the same or how they are different and how to do that. Um, and the last one in this is rhetoric, which is the transmission of grammar and logic fancy word, <laughs> applying language and the mechanics of thinking to persuade other people. So that's kind of the application side of the first two stages, hence the final stage. <laughs> so now when we look, when we say logic, um, and for what we're talking about today, it's important to know you know, what, what specifically I'm talking about, because there are two different types of logic. And I'm speaking about traditional logic or Aristotelian logic and not modern logic. And so you're probably like, what the heck is that? <laughs> I've never heard of that. <laughs> the differences, or even that there were differences. So with traditional logic, um, it's largely based in linguistics, which makes sense. <laughs> based on what we were talking about with the trivium. And modern logic is more mathematical in its approach. Um, so both have their merits and are used and studied in different contexts. So with that being said, I don't know a lot about modern logic. <laughs> so we're going to focus on the traditional logic, because I think that's really important for really what we're doing. Um, 
at least for me, in my approach to, this is really what I want to share, kind of my approach and the way I see, and I think it's valid or valuable for all of us to see um, in studying scripture, um, which is very linguistic based. So when we're talking about traditional logic, there is one specific tool that is used in formulating and thinking about these, making these distinctions. And that's called a syllogism. So we're going to talk about syllogisms today. So for those that don't know, simply put, a syllogism is a type of logical argument that consists of three propositions. I know. Two premises and a conclusion. <laughs> so it's the first one is called your major premise. There's your minor pre- pre- premise. I can talk. And then the conclusion. <laughs> and the conclusion is inferred from the premises using a specific structure of reasoning. Um, and this is a fundamental tool. We said to, really for determining the validity of an argument. So here's an example of a syllogism. All men are mortal. Socrates is a man. Therefore, Socrates is mortal. You'll probably see that in just about any Logic 101 book, <laughs> that exact one. And so syllogisms follow a form, and being able to simplify an argument that we're given um, down to this is an excellent way to show whether an argument is or is not valid because there's a certain there's certain forms and formulas that we can do and see kind of where something breaks and where it where it stays the same. And yeah, there are some things that are more complicated and require more complex um, syllogisms or formats, but the point is that every argument follows a pattern. And it's about us, when we take in this information, when we hear someone make an argument, let's break it down and simplify it into these forms to see, is it actually a good argument? Okay, so here is something important when we are looking at an argument, and that is, like I, like I mentioned earlier, is validity, but there's also another, another term that's important, which is soundness. And it's important to know the differences between these two things. So an argument can be valid, but can be unsound. So think of validity as like the recipe, and soundness is the taste. Like you can make a cake, but it doesn't mean that it tastes good. <laughs> Validity tells us that the argument is formulated right, but it doesn't mean that the argument is correct. So here's an example of an invalid argument. All men are mortal. Socrates is immortal. Therefore, Socrates is a man. Now, on the surface, this might sound valid. You might be like, I don't know how that's wrong. <laughs> and uh, it's important for us to look at why it's not valid. Because we can look at that and say, well, it's a sound argument, like the answer is right. <laughs> Socrates was a man. <laughs> um, but how we got there wasn't right. To put another way, the ends don't justify the means. <laughs> <laughs> so here's so here's why. Um, the first premise states that all men are mortal. That makes the specific category men and adds it to the larger category mortal. We're creating categories is a great way to look at this too. When we're creating um, something that belongs inside of something else. So in this, we're making men this let's say small circle, and uh, mortal is this giant circle. A lot of things can exist 
Doesn't mean they do, but a lot of things can exist inside of this large category. And one part of that is men. The term men. So then, the second premise, Socrates is mortal, adds him to the larger category, but does not force him into the man category. Because we know mortal is the bigger side of it. Just by saying that he's mortal puts him in the big circle, but doesn't put him in the men's circle. So although it might be true, like we said, Socrates was a man, our conclusion does not follow from our premises, and that makes the argument invalid. So there are many kinds of invalid arguments. (laughs) There are many, and typically these are called fallacies. For example, one of those is a non sequitur, and it may appear a little more obvious for us to see. For example, all cats have fur. Fluffy is a white cat. Therefore, Fluffy must be very fast. (laughs) The conclusion does not follow from the premises. Even if there is soundness to some of these premises, um, the conclusion, we, we can't get the conclusion from it. And that makes this argument invalid. Even though Fluffy might be really fast. The argument doesn't set it up that way for us to be able to be like, yes, Fluffy must be. Therefore, Fluffy is. (laughs) So here's an example of an argument that is valid. The form is good, but it's unsound. It's not true. All mammals lay eggs. A human is a mammal. Therefore, a human lays eggs. (laughs) This argument is valid in form, But it is not sound. All mammals do not lay eggs. So that is where we get to have a lot of fun with logic, I think. (laughs) Speaking as a homeschooled nerd. (laughs) Um, But it all starts with being able to formulate our thoughts into a format to judge it accordingly. You know, to disprove this argument, the mammals laying eggs one... It's really easy. All I need to show you is that not every mammal lays an egg. You know, that doesn't invalidate the argument that was made because it was laid out well. It was structured properly. But it denies the truth of what you're concluding because it's unsound. And so that's where it's important for us to think about what we're saying when, we, when we're listening to an argument. Someone, someone can lay out something that sounds right like yes that is a conclusion based on how you've set up this argument and that's where it's important for us to then look and say it's like okay so the argument's valid so we can continue from there now we have to decide is what you're saying is it sound is it reality is it real and that's where things can get a little bit more complicated because then we have to look at the consistency of what you're saying with other arguments but if you're gonna if you're gonna say like our Socrates, um, the second one we gave the invalid one, or even the fluffy example, the non sequitur, if you're gonna come at me with that, then I can say, oh, even if what you are saying is true, even if fluffy is very fast, <laughs> how you set up your argument doesn't work, and so it's a bad argument. Like it can't be used. Okay, so since. I just showed you an example of an argument that is valid but unsound. Let me let me give you another example. This is ex- an example that is valid and sound. Okay, are you ready? Consuming supplements that enhance cognitive function is beneficial for you. 
Magic Mind is a supplement that enhances cognitive function. Therefore, you should drink Magic Mind. Pretty good, right? <laughs> you didn't see that coming. <laughs> For the uninitiated, uh, Magic Mind is this little chance bottle that is jam-packed. Not jam like jelly, but like jam is like it's full with all kinds of natural ingredients. So me personally, I can say that it has helped me um, by decreasing stress, giving me more energy, and I'm able to make every minute of my day a little bit more productive. Um, so typically I'll take it in the morning with my coffee or tea, or whatever caffeine I happen to be feeling that day, and it keeps me just moving along through the entire day. Um, you know, after taking it regularly for a few weeks, I decided to become a scientist and use myself as a guinea pig. <laughs> and I actually went without it for a couple of weeks just to kind of see, like, is there actually a difference? And let me say, there was a noticeable difference for me. Uh, I had to take so much more caffeine during the day to get the same level of productivity that I had but I also had crashes throughout the day, and my sleep schedule also kind of took a hit. I would, I would be sitting in the office just drinking, you know, a cup of coffee after cup of coffee. And as the week progressed, I started getting more tired because yeah, it just kind of threw a lot of things off, and I was getting these, like, midday lulls. I think the logic from the argument speaks for itself. And, you know, we're about logical consistency. And to be consistent, logically speaking... You got to at least give it a try. <laughs> and to make your journey a little bit easier, you can get it at magicmind.com slash tipsytheology with the promo code tipsy20. You can also get up to 56% off your first subscription or 20% off your one-time purchase. That's tipsy20. T as in tango, I as in indigo p as in papa s as in sierra and y as in yankee two zero that's the phonetic alphabet right there i think i did a pretty good job for 56 percent off it also works if you're already a subscriber you can save on your next subscription payment pretty cool this could be like your superpower to unlock improved well-being i know my well-being is more well <laughs> <laughs> with magic mind <laughs> it's kind of like you can become professor x from uh the x-men <laughs> i don't know why i lost that <laughs> yeah you can be uh you can be professor x and you know it's kind of like he's a brain guy like he can think better this is kind of your way to become professor x it's kind of cool so also uh, if you have diet restrictions we love you we pay attention to you there's no sugar, it's not free, it's vegan, keto, and paleo-friendly. So, if you want to give it a try, it's magicmind.com tipsy slash tipsy theology with discount code tipsy20. I already spelled it out phonetically, so it's pretty good. <laughs> and you can get uh, up to 56% off your first subscription. I recommend, I recommend the 30-pack. That way, you're set for every day of the month. Trust me, you're going to want it every day after you start taking it. And it is the best value bringing the price of the bottle to about $3. 
it's hard to find an energy drink that is as good as this for that price. So that's pretty sick. Um, you can find the link and information in the descri- in the description. And I'll go out on, I'll go out on a limb here and say I'm pretty sure if Plato was still around, he'd make this required for all of his students at the academy. And you can take those words and take them to school. <laughs> all right. So now that that was like a that was a a quick overview of um talking about logic and just kind of a quick way of saying like this is how we're formulating some of these and so i i I think it's important because some of us will probably ask now when it comes to scripture you know how can we practically use this in our studying or even in our in our normal life and you know when we approach anything especially scripture we can and should approach it with logic if someone says that there is a contradiction in scripture you know that's okay to say Truth isn't hurt by our questions. I think it's a good thing to ask questions. But we can use uh, what we've been given to examine it. And I think that's that's the key inside of this. It's, it's good to ask questions. It's good to question things. Because there's a lot of weird things in the Bible. That's kind of like what we're about here, is let's look at the weird stuff. Let's look at the hard-to-answer stuff. doesn't mean we're going to get an answer, but let's try to examine it and look at it and question it. But our heart in that has to be, let's f- try to find an answer. <laughs> you know, we can't go through it and then just be like, no, I don't like it. It's like, well, is it consistent? Is it logically sound? Does it make sense? Like, if it's true, it's true. So if you or, or someone myself even, if, I, if, if we make a claim, awesome, that's awesome, so let's lay it out. And, you know, what are the premises? Does the conclusion follow from those premises? Are the premises sound? Is the conclusion sound? These are all really important things, and we need to be honest with our answers as well. Okay, so let me give you a real-world example. And if <laughs> the example I'm giving if the person who said this is listening, just know that I love you. I, I, I don't mean any harm by this. It's just this is, this is um, the example that kind of encouraged me to make this episode. Not out of hatred, not out of like judginess or whatever, but it was something that it really opened up to me an advantage that I had growing up when it came to thinking logically and linguistically about this, where like there are, it's such an important tool that I think some of us don't have. And even if you do have, even if this is something, you're like, I already know all of this stuff. That's really cool. I love that. (laughs) That's great. Keep using it. You know, it's such a, for me, it's been such a beneficial thing to be able to use this, you know, this logic, the idea of syllogisms when I'm reasoning through something. And I know that I gave just a quick, brief overview. Like, this is stuff that people have studied their whole life. And so if you're interested in more of it, I 100% recommend getting, like, an intro to logic book or something. (laughs) Because it is such a cool tool to be able to use and such a fun thing to go through. I really enjoyed working through it and looking through it. And I'll say it's kind of fun 
when even if I'm watching somebody online and um, you hear them make an argument, and you're like, oh, well, that's a that's a non sequitur. That's a red herring. That's a straw man. We're all familiar with straw man arguments because <laughs> we hear that one a lot. But to be able to hear those things and identify them is such a really cool thing to do. Um, and I think it's it's so valuable to just look at the information that is available to us because we have so many tools at our disposal when we're looking through these things. And, and it would be a shame for us not to use them because we want to think critically. We want to think logically. We want to reason through stuff. And this is the way for us to do it well. All right, I think that's enough of me prolonging <laughs> giving this example. So this friend of mine made a claim that there was a passage in the Gospel of Matthew that contradicted with the Gospel of Mark. And it's okay to say, hmm, that looks like a contradiction. But we can't stop there. We need to investigate it, and we need to honestly look at it. Just because something seems a certain way doesn't mean that it is. And let me say this, again, before I jump into that, <laughs> that th these are questions that I say. These are things that I say, too, when I'm looking at, when, I, when I'm reading through Scripture. That's where I get some of these topics from, um, is just looking at something going, hmm, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> or, that's weird. That seems like it contradicts, contradicts itself. And the other thing that I will say, I... You guys know this. I, I do use other smart people because <laughs> there are things that some people have spent their whole lives studying certain topics, and it's been generations of just super intelligent people dedicating their lives and their time to researching these things. And it's really cool to be able to glean and learn from what they have discovered in their time. And it would be a shame for us to throw it away. But... I think it's also important, let me not say but, because I'm not saying throw that away, <laughs> and it's important for us, I think first, to do it ourselves, and not saying like we got to learn Hebrew, we got to learn Greek, but I'm saying let's look at it and see if we can do it, you know, with the help of the Holy Spirit or with the help of other scripture interpreting, in, interpreting scripture, let's, let's, let's look through it, let's pull out our, our points and see where we're, where we're leaning at. You know, um, for like this example, in the Matthew-Mark contradiction example, let's read through it and see, hmm, okay, let's let's make the argument that's being made here. Let's build a maybe a little timeline, you know, whatever it is, and be like, does this contradict what is being said? How is it being said? Who is it being said to? You know, let's ask these who, what, when, where, why questions. Because I think that's that's valuable for us. Because that's the thing about when, it, when we look at school, I love I'm going on an education rant right now about this. And this is what I love about my time having studying, studied logic, even math, or anything else like that. It's, it's the idea of let's learn how to learn. Let's, you know, let's, let's get into the habit of thinking of questions, asking questions. I think asking questions is probably more valuable than having answers. Because if we can ask a really good question, we are far more likely to get to a better answer. But it's about asking those questions, learning how to ask those questions that invoke thought. Let's ask big questions. Let's ask questions that invoke thought that get us to really think. 
All that said, (laughs) I think after we spend some of that time to ask ourselves these questions, and we have these questions, then I think is where it's important for us to go and compare it to what do other people say? Because we don't want to be in the habit of just regurgitating what we're hearing. You know, we want to, we want to, uh, at least for me, I want, I want to know to say it in a corporate way. I want the why behind stuff. Why does this mean this? Why do you think this? Why is this the answer? I don't want to just know what the answer is. I want to know why that's the answer. Um, and I think that is such a cool way for us to approach life with the, the inquisitive mind enough to say, why? Why is that? You know, it's like we're our little kids again. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes the answer is, I don't know. That's a real answer. But I think there's a lot we can do before we get to the answer. Um, and sometimes it is. Like, we need to go and ask someone who's way smarter than us. But let's exhaust our own resources. Let's exhaust our own mind to the point where we where we say, hey, this is my question. Um, and I think that will lead us all to more beneficial studying, more beneficial conversations um, as we pursue truth. So anyway, hopefully that means something. And the long-awaited example. (laughs) So when um, my friend made this claim, my first thought was, oh, let's put my logic, my logic, what's in this wine? (laughs) To put my logic hat on. And I said, okay, how so? (laughs) How is that? your conclusion to say that there is a contradiction. How did you come to that? And it was a long conversation. So to boil it down, um, the argument at the end of the day, and this is like 11 hours of discussing between in-person and text, um, this was the argument that was being presented. The Gospel of Mark was written first. Matthew copied 94% of Mark's Gospel. Therefore, Matthew contradicts Mark. So, this is why logic is so important. You know, the argument that was presented, my friend may have presented this very persuasively, but we have to ask the question, is the argument valid? And for anyone who's paying attention earlier, (laughs) it should be very obvious, even if you were paying attention, it should be very obvious to say, no, the form is wrong. It's not a valid argument. It makes no logical sense. So regardless of if what he's saying is true, if it's sound, regardless if these are sound or are not sound, the, the premises and the conclusion, it should be thrown away. And I'm not saying that, like, let's say we're looking at the contradiction side of it. You know, it doesn't disprove that there could be a contradiction. But it tells us that we can't make a claim like that based on those arguments, based on that, those premises, that ground. And if that's, if that's how we approach the gospel, that's how we approach scripture, that's how we approach anything in life, we're going to be very confused because <laughs> nothing will make sense. And we're going to be contradicting ourselves. We're going to be saying one thing and doing something else because we have all these uh, isolated arguments that, we're being, that are invalidly being made. And yeah, I don't want I don't want us to be confused. I don't want myself to be confused. And so that's why that's why that's why I'm encouraging this episode and talking about this because I don't want 
this way of thinking to be a mystery. I want us to open it up and say, like, hmm, let's actually think about that. You know, and and when we question the even things that we believe, which I think is important to do, um, to know why do I believe this? And uh, I mean, that's why that's why I've been doing the study of the attributes of God. Is you know, we say that God is good, we say that He's just, we say that He is you know loving, whatever it may be. But what does that mean? Like, <laughs> well, how did we get there? I hope that those episodes have been helpful. You guys have said it's been helpful, so I, I like that. It's been helpful for me. <laughs> and um, this is this is how we can do that with everything: is thinking through it, making these arguments, breaking stuff down, and formulating these these things. Yeah, all that to say, for us to pursue truth and find answers, we need to be honest about our arguments and see if they hold any validity first, and then we need to look to their soundness. I want us all to think well. I, I want to think well. <laughs> I strive to always think rightly about something, and I want that for all of us. And uh, using these tools to organize our thoughts, I think is just, is just super, super duper important. If I can jump on the, uh, my, my uh, soapbox again... <laughs> I think with the amount of information that we have, I, I, I find it fascinating. You know, there is so much stuff that is just in our face all the time. And it's important for us to, to, to be critical of what we're taking in and what we're, what we're letting out. You know, I'm reminded of this quote by, I think it was Aristotle, which says, um, it is the mark of an educated mind to be able to entertain a thought without accepting it. I think that's important for us to, to take something in and say, hmm, let's, let's follow it through. Let's see if it holds any weight. That actually reminds me of another quote by George Bernard Shaw, um, which says, the open mind never acts. When we have done our utmost to arrive at a reasonable conclusion, we still must close our minds for the moment with with a snap and act dogmatically on our conclusions. And I think what's important to draw from this in in in, in conjunction with uh, what pretty sure as Aristotle says <laughs> is that being open-minded I think is a good thing. And open-minded in the in the idea of let's entertain ideas because I think I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Like I think that's great. But to know that when we do have a reasonable conclusion and an, something that is honestly reasonable, then we need to say, like, okay, <laughs> that's, what, that's what I believe. But then when something else comes around, I think we need to hold on to that and say, this is what I believe, but let's see if this holds any weight too. Not in a way to say let's never act because we still act on what we believe. But if something else comes along and challenges that in an appropriate way, we can we can entertain it and say, like, hmm, does that hold any weight? And if it doesn't, if the argument someone gives us is invalid, it's unsound, it it you know, it's it's it doesn't make sense. Um, sometimes things do make sense, but they are still wrong. <laughs> then I that's where it's important for us to say, no, thank you. <laughs> Let's keep going. But it's important for us to think about these things honestly, critically. There's just so much, so much information. 
it's over it overwhelms me sometimes because there's so many people saying so many different things what's true what's not true i can only do my best we can only do our best with what we've been given and the time that we have on this earth to take in what we can and filter it through the truth and if it holds weight cool if not then let's get rid of it <laughs> It, for me, I, I don't know. Maybe that's oversimplistic, but I think it's. I think we got to start somewhere with it, <laughs> and uh, that's my encouragement with that. I think that's yeah. That's my encouragement with that. So I thank you guys so much for tuning in. I know this was a slightly different episode than typical, so I appreciate you taking the time to listen to this. You know, we're in the world, there's a strange things are afoot at the Circle K, as Bill and Ted once said. <laughs> Where they went on a journey with old Socrates himself. <laughs> and uh, there are strange things afoot at the Circle K. And it's important for us to take, take in what's true and let out what's not. Hold fast to what is true. It may not be popular, but if it's true, it's true. So with that said, thank you guys so much again for listening and tuning in. And please reach out to me with your thoughts, your comments, whatever you got. I'm, I'm willing to listen to it. We're all doing this together, and I want us to do this all together. Um, not to be isolated, not to be by ourselves, but to know that we're all in this journey of seeking truth together. Even if we don't agree on everything. And I'll talk to you hopefully sooner rather than later.